Amen. How many blessed this morning? Praise God. How many glad you came to church this morning? How many glad that, listen, how many would admit that I wouldn't want to be anywhere else? <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Let's try to remember, praise God, that the Holy Spirit is real. The power of God is real. Where we're at today is ordained by God that we can learn the ways of God. Man, I feel the presence of God. <laughs> I thank God when I get up here, it ain't me preaching sometimes, praise God. Now, sometimes I get in the way now, I got to admit. And you know, I, I said, God, why I said that? God, I shouldn't have said that. I should have been waiting for you, Lord. <laughs> but he's always good. He's always got an answer. He's always got a place for you and me. Thank God for the voice of God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you come to hear me this morning, you just assume leave. <laughs> Seriously. I, I'm about as low as you can get. You know, they got preachers that they go to college, man, and they get their sermons. I mean, they practice and they, they learn how to talk and they, they have eloquent words. I, I'm trying to get some fancy words from Boogie but he, to make me sound good, but he don't. Uh, he, I, when I need when I'll ask him, you know. Make me sound smart. <laughs> ain't God good? Amen. I think I'm going to have a little message this morning, and I think it might be a little hard because it's not dealing with person. It's not dealing primarily with the, the church in general, but personally. I asked Janice, I was talking last night, and I want to know, listen, I, I'm not trying to, be hard. I, I, listen, I said, are we really honest with God? Come on, somebody. And what I said is that, does she love God more than me? Or do I love God more than her? Do I put God before anything and anyone in my life? And, you know, I started wondering about that. I said, no, I'm ashamed of myself. I come up short. And you know what? It's, it's so easy to explain it away. But you do. You know God commands us to love him, to put him first. When you make decisions in your week, is God first? When you decide to come to church, did you do that to put God first? When you worship this morning, did you do that to put God first? Now watch, I, I think it's a lot of things wrong with us as Christians because there's some things that we're not seeing because we fail this one point. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. No, I'm not asking for hands. I, I got to check my own life out. Do I do that? Honestly, do I put God before my wife? Do I put the Lord before my children? Do I put the Lord before my mom? Do I put the Lord before my job? You're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> Watch. I want to preach a message called the pearl of great price. And the reason why I'm preaching is because there's a value to Jesus that no money can buy. No human being on this planet can fulfill. There's, no, there's nothing that can replace the power and the grace of God and the love of God. 
How valuable is that to you this morning? Praise God. How valuable is your walk with God? How many times, listen, I'm, I'm, I tell people like, you know, people come to church and that's great. I love people coming to church. But do they come to half church? See, just coming to this building is not going to settle things with God. You come into half church, right? You're coming to be part of a move of God. You're coming part to be of, of, of a powerful being. You're coming to worship a mighty God. The pearl of great price. How valuable is Jesus to you? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Would you give up everything to serve him? Uh oh. I'm not, I listen. Believe me, this is just as hard on me as it is you. And it's, when people, we think about giving, we think about money. Oh, the, the preacher wants our money. That's not what I'm talking about at all. Surely it comes to that, that, that's part of it. Because when you give to the Lord, it's a type of worship, right? So you're not giving to Lenny, you're giving to the Lord. You're giving to see God's work go forward because you want people to be saved. You want people to be healed. You want God's work to move. But coming back to you, how valuable is this Jesus we're talking about? How valuable is Christ in your life? Okay. Let me read this in uh, Matthew chapter uh, 13, verse 45. The pearl of great price. See, Jesus always puts the value of his word greater than anything on this planet. The Bible is very clear. God's word is valuable. Listen, you, you live in a very confused society. And don't expect a politician to tell you the truth. Or even some preachers. Don't expect somebody to come out and say, God says. Because it's not going to happen. Oh, it might happen in some cases. I'm not going to discard every, every person. But when you're talking about telling the truth, telling people about Jesus, when you testify of this God that we serve, are you testifying a God that you surrendered your whole life to? Someone that you have devoted your life to? Come on, somebody. Somebody that you, 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 you primarily said, this is my life. Jesus is my life. And everything about my life has to surround Jesus, right? Amen. Everything. Listen, I had a, a guy call me yesterday. I'm, I'm trying to buy a, a new equipment for our business, okay? But it, it, it didn't stay too much on a financial issue because I started talking to him about Jesus. He's from Las Vegas, the sin capital of the world, the only place in America where prostitution is legal. Gambling and hell raising and rivalry and everything. And I'm talking to a guy from Las Vegas. And we started talking about Jesus. And you know what? He started saying, well, if I come to Jesus, I'll have to stop doing this and you know, he was angry, his daughter got killed in, a, in an accident. And, and it's a whole, I can't get into the whole story he gave me. 
And he's, he's looking at his life. He said, I could never stop doing that, Sister Kathy. That's what he tell me. I could never stop. I'm, I'm, if I give my life to Jesus and go back and do what I was doing before, he didn't want to make it. And he was honest. And I, I'd rather him being honest and tell me. You see, he was telling me the truth. Most people say, I, I'll say a little prayer and they go back. Never change. Their life never changes. They're still the same. But I said, what you need to do is you need to find your closet somewhere. Find your, uh, uh, a bathroom, uh, go to your bed, wherever you pray, and start with Jesus. Repent of your sins. Ask Christ to come into your life. Because if you expect to overcome sin without Jesus, you've lost. Can't happen. Without the Holy Spirit, God has made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm not bound. I am not a sinner. If you're born again, you're not a sinner. Listen to me. People say, well, that's kind of self No, it's not. My Bible teaches God has made me free. The wages of sin is death. So if, if I'm still a sinner, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I'm going to hell. The penalty sin that Jesus paid at the cross, he did it for our salvation. Not that I'm perfect. It's not that I don't sin, but I'm not a practicer of sin. I don't want to sin. It hates, I hate sin. I hate offending God. Come on, somebody. Somebody feels like that. You're not, you're not out there trying to sin just to be a sinner. You, you're freed from that. The Bible says when we sin or if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. So we have an, a lawyer, an, an advocate. An ambassador, his name is Jesus. He goes to the Father for us. But this guy, he, he, he just couldn't see his life living holy. And I, no doubt he wanted, I felt, I felt his desire to want to give his life to Jesus, desire to walk with the Lord. But he, he was looking at his sinful life, and he said, I can never do it. But yet... It's like putting the horse before you. You're right. You'll never stop sinning outside of Jesus. You can't. You can't. Without the Holy Spirit, you're going to keep on living a sinful life. But I don't, my, my thing about it, I didn't feel that he wanted to pay that price. <laughs> he, didn't want to, he didn't want to give up what he was doing. As sincere as he was. And he says here, let me read this verse to you. Verse, what I said, oh, 13. <laughs> chapter 13, and I'm not even there, verse 45, I should, <laughs> 45, and I'm reading from the New King James, okay? And the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a merchant seeking a beautiful pearl. Come on, somebody. He's looking for the you know, you ever seen those big old diamonds, those big old pearls? Sometimes you see on TV, they'll show valuable, you know, rubies and whatever, uh, emeralds. And But he was seeking this pearl. He was seeking this pearl. It was beautiful. It was costly. And he wanted it bad. <laughs> he really wanted this pearl. And it, it meant a lot to him because he was going to go out there and he was going to take everything he got, Kevin. And he was going to buy it. No doubt he went, grabbed all his assets, all his money, all his land, and he went and he bought this pearl. And he says, 
who when he had found one pearl of great price. I like that. <laughs> How many is Jesus? How great is Jesus in your life? How many of us think that it's worth giving up everything we got to serve Jesus? I'm not telling you to go sell your house, your land, your money. That's not what I'm talking about. Your life. Let's talk about your life. Let's talk about who you are. Let's talk about how you think. Let's talk about how you live your life. How far are you willing to go for this Jesus? How much are you willing to give up? I'm trying to get you Christ-minded. Trying to put you in my, where I need it. That's where I'm putting myself. I want to be Christ-minded. I want my, my life to be in Jesus. I don't want to, to, to look for excitement from this world because the world is dying. Y'all, come on, somebody. There's nothing out there we're, we're uh, holding on to. The same people that's promising you liberty is bound up themselves. The same people promise you can be free to live your life like you want are living in bondages, bound by sin, bound by drug addiction, bound by alcohol, bound by pornography, bound by all commander of sin. And they tell you, oh, man, you can, you, can be free. you can live like you want. I still go back to that little sign I saw in Walmart. Do what your heart desire. What your heart feels. I said to myself, how? I, said, I told Janice that. You remember we saw that little sign? Whatever your heart feels. How you went? Follow your heart. That's it. Follow your heart. I said, what if my heart tells me I want to murder somebody? What if my heart tells me to go rob a bank? What if my heart, my heart tells me to go run around with my wife? Come on, you want me to tell me I have to follow my heart? It sounds good. But Jesus is nowhere in it. <laughs> That's why we got the problems we have. We are, we're doing what our heart wants. We're following our heart. That's why the world's all messed up. We're all following our heart. Everybody's doing what's right in his own eyes. You know, you believe what you believe, I believe what I... But I hate that when somebody tells me that. You believe what you believe, and I believe what I, What's good for you is good for you, and what's good for me is good for me. One of us is wrong. Right? People say, you're just so self-righteous when you say, you got, I have the only Lord that's right. <laughs> Buddha is not right. Come on, Muhammad is not right. Allah is not right. Jesus is right. Right? Right. <laughs> Jesus is the only way. When they tell you, you think you have the only truth? Yes, I do. <laughs> you better believe I got the only truth. There ain't no other truth outside of Jesus. When I got people like Ophra, no, I wouldn't spend five seconds listening to Ophra. Oh, we, oh, we got our own. Everybody has their own way to God. No, there's no. Oh, we got even uh, preachers are saying that. Oh, you, you know, you can have you. They got this way to God and that way to God. No, there's no other way to God. His name is Jesus. That's the only way. He's the pearl of great price. <laughs> He's the one that matters. He's the one that you need to sell everything and buy it. And I'm talking mainly your life, okay? Even if something like a job or, or something like that gets in the way, you have to make a decision. If it's stopping you from serving the Lord, get rid of it. I hate to be hard. Find another job. 
If it's, a, if it's a wife or husband, you tell them, I'm going to serve Jesus. You want to serve the Lord? I'm going to serve him. You don't matter more than Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. If it's a child, you don't matter more than Jesus. Praise God. If it's a son or a daughter, you don't matter more than Jesus. Listen, I'm not going to follow you. You're either going to follow me with Jesus or you're not going to follow him at all. Praise God. I'm serving the Lord. Right? And you know what? That's a decision between you and the Lord. That's a commitment. That's a price that you, you gave up, something you, you pay, you sacrifice to do to serve the Lord. Jesus came to a woman, she came into the temple, and, and all these rich religious people were throwing buckets of money into the, <laughs> into the treasury. Oh, they were letting everybody know, look, look, how many, look, how many, look, look at me, look how much money I'm putting in it. There's a woman came in, she put two smites, not even a half a cent. And Jesus told his, his uh, disciples, this woman put in more than all of them. Because they put in of their abundance. But she put in everything she had. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I thought about Elijah when, he, when he, was, he went to this woman and she had just a little bit of, uh, a little bit of dough, <laughs> a little bit of oil. It was a famine. He says, make me a cake. I said, I was going to take this and make a cake for me and my son and we're going to die. Just die. Make me one. And God will never let that barrel go over. And that woman, all through that famine, had all the food she wanted, praise God, because she gave what she had, everything she had. Praise God. <laughs> Woo. Turn with me, y'all, to Matthew 15 real quick. <coughs> We're going to stay basically around Matthew. This is a, a, a verse in, in verse 89. This is something that always, and, I, and first I had to deal with me on it. Uh, Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees. He's dealing with the religious people of his day. And he says here in verse 8, These people draw near to me what, with their mouth. And honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. <laughs> I don't know about you. I've been in church a while. I've watched some fakes. Oh, man, they'll bounce around and dance. And they'll go out there and live the same life the world is living. They'll watch the same thing the world is watching. They'll, they'll sing the same songs the world is singing. But they'll come to church and you would think they're the most holiest people on the earth. <laughs> Just because you don't dance around and, you know, and, and shout, that doesn't mean you don't know the Lord. <laughs> See, people like Yvette, she runs her. She loves the Lord. That's, that's what God has called her to do. But some people don't. They just want to worship. They just, just I mean, they just desire not, not to. But to worship him with your heart, not with your mouth. Come on. <laughs> I tell people, when I say, I listen to some, I tell you, I don't want to call them kooks or wackos, but oh man, every time they, they're cussing up a storm and all of a sudden you start talking about the, oh, I pray in the morning. <laughs> I, pray, I read my, I pray, I pray to the Lord. And I say, wow, man. <laughs> I don't know what God you praying to, but it ain't the same one I'm praying to. <laughs> oh, I, I love Jesus. Jesus said, this is not much you know you love me if you keep my commandments. 
But you're not going to make a lot of friends doing that. You, there's, another, there's another. You're not going to be uh, in the spotlight. Listen, if you're looking to serve Jesus, forget about letting the light shine and it's not going to happen. Praise God. You're not going to make friends of this world. You're not going to be, then nobody can be praising you on the house stops. You just assume learn to trust in the Lord for your joy. Hallelujah. Thank God we're around Christians that do love the Lord. They encourage you. They build your faith. They, they, listen, the price you're going to pay is maybe, you, do you want to pay it? Do you really want, listen, I, I'm not trying, I encourage you. Listen, I wrestled with the same thing over and over again. How serious am I with the Lord? How serious? I, I mean, seriously. I said, are we honest with God on how we really feel? We get before the Lord and we sing this song, I love you, Lord. Do we love him with all our heart? I'm going to shock you. You can sing a lie just like you can tell one. Oh, <laughs> oh, listen. <laughs> you know, I used to like that old song. I have decided to follow Jesus. The world before me and the world behind me and the Lord before me. No turning. I guess I'm singing it right. No. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm all messed up. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> You know, it's, it's where am I, am, am I honest with God? Am I honest with God when I, when I say, God, I love you. You are first in my life. You're number one in my life. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to follow you all. Listen, praise God. I got a Christian wife, thank God, but some people don't. You know what I'm saying? She's got a Christian husband, but some people don't. Listen, I watch. Listen, I, I, listen I, I'm going I'm to talk about her because she's my wife, and I know her better than anybody else. She worships the Lord, and she don't have to have been in church to do it. Come on, somebody. Sometimes she's in the, in, 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 in the wash house. She can hear singing and... <laughs> <laughs> Folding the clothes, man. Don't, she's just singing. Nobody around. I hear her because I, I, I'm sneaking up on her, but. <laughs> you know, it needs to rub off on me. <laughs> but you don't have to be in church to worship God. Thank God for church. Thank God it's here. Thank God it's there for your encouragement and your strength. But when the enemy comes against you, and says, you can go to church, but don't bring this Bible in my house. Don't bring this Jesus in front of me. Come on, somebody. We go to work and you start preaching. Say, listen, you want to keep your job? Don't talk about Jesus here. I told one man, he said, yeah, I've been talking about Jesus on the job. I said, well, the day I can't talk about him, I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. It got quiet. <laughs> I said, there ain't nobody going to stop me from talking about the Lord. And my, hey, my wife with us, how we, we, we paid our bills. It's how we, we, we fed our family. I mean, God will give me that barrel full of uh, meal. Seriously. How much are you willing to pay for Jesus? 
And don't think I'm coming at your pocket. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Listen to me. Praise God. It's how much you're willing to sacrifice. Is something getting in your way? Is something you put before the Lord that hinders you from growing, from drawing close to the Lord? Okay. Now turn with me, and I'm, I'm going to try to... Verse chapter 19. And somebody says, I'm, I'm, going, I'm glad I came to church, but amen. No lie. <laughs> 19. Help me, Lord. Talk about help. <laughs> Please help me. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for somebody to pray, pray for, pray for me. Somebody, somebody told me one time, I'm praying for you, Brother Lanny. I said, well, good. I ain't bashful. I ain't prideful. Pray for me. Pray for me. You see some problems in my life? You see I'm not lining up with the Word of God? Pray for me. I ain't got time for that stuff. I want to know. Chapter 19, verses 16, real quick. There's a young man that came to Jesus, okay? He was rich. Ray, he had money. But one thing he had, he had a religion. He was raised up in the Jewish way. He was evidently a... Because one, they don't see it on this, but on one of the Gospels mentions him. said Jesus loved him. But he comes to Jesus, and he's hearing him preach, and he asks him a question. Now behold, one came, said to him, good teacher, or master, as the King James reads it. See, the word master means teacher. He said, what good thing... You notice how he's, he's addressing Jesus. What good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now listen, he was almost pre-setting the question up for Jesus. Because if Jesus said, well, you, well, you know, I'm going to give him my credit, my, 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 my credentials. You know, and I, you read that, you say, what was, what do you say, what good thing, you know, that I must do to have eternal life? He didn't say, what, what must I do? Do to be saved. And no doubt this boy was schooled in all the ways of Moses. No doubt he knew. Because a boy, uh, how, how old is RJ? 11, 12 years old was considered a man in the Jewish religion. Because he had to memorize the first five books of the Bible by heart. And the prophets. So he, this, this young boy was rich, young ruler. He was some kind of leader or something. And he comes to Jesus and he's asking Jesus, what good thing that I must do to go to heaven? I have it You know, I'm going to share something with you. Sometimes good is bad. And I'm going to read why I'm saying that because if what you're doing is good, thinks you're going to get glory with God, it's not going to happen. And what I mean by that, there are people that's, that's in hell today because they thought they could get in by good works. They thought if they'd be just a good this and, and follow this and follow, and that was enough to save them. And never build a relationship with Jesus. Nicodemus was the same way in John chapter 3. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he made it very clear that, you know, 
I know you're a teacher come from Israel. No man can do it. And, you know, I don't get into all that story about Nicodemus, but Nicodemus was a, was a, a Pharisee. He could quote the Bible back and forth. But he was lost. <laughs> he, was a, he, was a, he was like a, a, a priest, a, a, a preacher, or what you want to call it. He was a teacher in Israel. And Jesus made it very clear. Are you a teacher in Israel? You don't even know this except the man be born again. He cannot even see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus was stunned, <laughs> you know, because don't he know who I am? <laughs> I hope you're getting some out of this thing. Nicodemus had to put his religious costumes off and check his heart. Because all that he was learning wouldn't have done him a bit of good till he placed faith in Jesus, right? So when I say good, it's sometimes bad. Because good, sometimes what you do good, if it doesn't lead to Jesus, and you depend on that to get you to heaven, you're not going. And what's bad, a lot, a lot of people do that. A lot of religious people, okay? This young ruler probably was one of them, okay? He said, what good thing shall I do to inherit? He said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. Now, why did Jesus answer him like that? Because... First of all, Jesus the man, not Jesus the God. Come on, somebody. Because he was God in the flesh. Why are you calling me good? He said, there's none good but God. Who is Jesus? God manifested in the flesh. He was God the Son, but he was the Father. He was, he, he, he was the one that was there to show us how to be like the Father. There was no sin in Christ, okay? When they, when, when they quoted Emmanuel, God with us, that's what he meant. So Jesus was the good shepherd. Remember that part? Jesus was the good shepherd. But the young man says, he says, Jesus, why are you calling me good? There's, there's nothing good but God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Okay? Now you got to watch. Those commandments... I said that before, them Ten Commandments are not ten opinions. That's not what God thinks you ought to do. Watch. If you read them, the first five of them, them deal with a relationship to God. But the other five deal with a relationship to man. When he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you read the, the Ten Commandments, you're going to find that the first five you know, have no other gods before you. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And it goes on and on. If you read them, you find the first five deal with a relationship to God. Then the other five deal with your relationship to, to man. You know, love your, 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 honor your father and your mother. Uh, do not steal, do not bear false witness. And it goes on and on. You know what I'm saying? And Jesus, on those two commandments, to love God and love your neighbor, hang all the commandments. Because if you do those two, you kept them all. Come on, somebody. If I love God, I'm not going to seek another God. I'm not going to make images to false gods. I'm, I'm going to worship, you know, him. Now, if I love, you know, love my wife, I'm not going to commit adultery. I love Yvette and Rita. I'm not going to lie and steal from them. Because that's the, that's the two commandments that hang all the commandments. That makes sense to you? And here he is, <laughs> and Jesus knew where he was, okay? This was a religious boy. 
This was a religious man. He, he, he figured he had it all figured out. He, was, he figured that, oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm from the best line. I'm, 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 I'm from, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I know the law. I know what the Bible says. I'm, I've done it all. But he hasn't done it all. Okay? What did Jesus tell him to do? He told him, listen, Jesus is fixing to quote the first, the last five, well, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Jesus is not going to quote the commandments one, two, three, and four, five. Why? Because the commandments deal with your worship to the Lord. And your second five are deal with your relationship to man. He, he didn't have no problem doing that. Watch. Jesus says this. Which, he says, which one? Jesus said, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You should not steal. You should not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And you shall love the Lord. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Oh, that's great. He said, oh, the young man said to him, all these things have I kept from my youth. I bet his little feathers popped up in the back of his head. Oh, man, I got it figured out. I'm going to heaven. He thought he had it, man. Might have been strutting around like a little rooster. <laughs> but here he is. <laughs> You know, how many of you been through that? You thought you had God all figured out, right? You thought God and you was like this. Man, you say, oh, man, me and God's like this, man. I got God figured out. And all of a sudden, the word of God comes out and cuts you all to pieces. And realize you ain't figured out God yet. <laughs> and he says, the young man said to him, all these things I kept from my youth. Watch till yet, lack I. Or still, I still act. Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have. <laughs> Give it to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. Oh, I hit him where it hurts. <laughs> His money. <laughs> huh? Watch. Go sell everything. It's not that the money was the problem. It's that the problem had him. Not that he had money, the money had him. And that was his God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. That's what he placed his worship in. So he didn't mind putting on a religious costume, going and he reading, re, you know, go to the synagogues, hear the reading of the law, or all the scriptures. He, he didn't mind doing that, but watch. Somebody say, how many glad that Jesus knows your heart? How many of you are honest with God? How many think you, listen, how many of you know you can't fool him? <laughs> I said, I told Janice, I said, are we really honest with God? Are we really truthful with God? What's in our heart? I don't know what's in your heart, seriously. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaketh. So if you come to me, you call yourself a Christian, you start flapping Blank this and blank that and blank this and I hate that one and do this. Now, I know one man like that right now, praise God. He ain't more saved, but he says he knows the Bible. But he hates everybody. I said, something wrong with that cat. <laughs> something ain't right. <laughs> he ain't got the right connection somewhere. If, if I'm reading my Bible, he don't know God. <laughs> I told one brother, I said, listen, I can tell if you're right with God. I can just, what's coming out of your mouth? 
Now, if you come to me with perverted language and mouth off, and don't tell me you know God. Now, I can understand that for a person just saved and, and they've been changed. But after you've been in church a while, man, you've been in church for years and you're still saying those things. You're still using words that God don't want you to use. You're still seeing things God don't want you to see. I'm meddling this morning. <laughs> Y'all might throw me out of the church after that. <laughs> no. Come on, somebody. I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking for your life. It's all. I'm asking Christ is asking for your soul, your life, this, the way you live. Is it worth something? Is it worth paying that price? Okay, I'm almost finished. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Jesus said, if you be perfect, go sell what you have. Give it to the poor, and, and you will have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. But what happened to him? When the young man heard that saying, he went away, what? Sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Oh, I'll serve you, God, but just don't ask me to give up this, right? He didn't want to pay the price. Man, I feel God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going to keep you much longer. Paul said, like, just, just, just let me quote this to you. Out of 2 Timothy, uh, verse 4 and 7, says, I have kept the faith. I fought the good fight, right? Listen, that's what it is. When you stand before the Lord on Judgment Day, it's not how many possessions you build up on this planet. It's whether you kept the faith. Faith in what? Faith in what Jesus said. Faith in his word. Faith in the salvation and grace of God. That's what I'm talking about. There's not, there's a lot of people where they die with buku money. They die lost. They could pay our debts off 10 times. And that's not one of them that's in hell today wouldn't want to sit where you've had sitting right there. And would be living on a, on, a, on a dung hill for one more chance to hear the gospel. Because they know now what they rejected was their only true price. It's the only way to get to God. And they're suffering today. I don't know if this young man made it right, but if he didn't, he's, he burned, he's burning with his money. He's suffering today for eternity because he walked away sorrowful for he had great possessions. He would not receive what God had for him. His money has become his God. His life has become his God. People around him become his God. Your husband can become your God. Your wife can become your God. Your children can become, listen, man, I'm preaching, praise God. Anything that you lay before the Lord is, is an idol. And Jesus made it clear when he said it like this. There's a man that came. He said, first, let me go bury my father. I'll come follow you, he says. And Jesus knew, listen, there's nothing wrong with burying your father. But Jesus knew if he went back, he never came back. Because his family would have influenced him the way he didn't want to serve the Lord, Right? And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And thou come and follow me. So there's nothing immoral about burying a loved one. But if that's going to, it's better you don't go. Think about how serious I am. It's better you don't go to the funeral and draw you away from God. That's how valuable, listen, that sounds, that sounds insensitive. No, it's not. It's more important that you serve God than whether you bury your father or mother. 
And the world says, I can't believe he didn't go to his father's funeral. I can't believe he didn't go to his mother's funeral. <laughs> this is serious. Are we willing to pay that kind of price? When you got born again, do you realize you, you made some enemies of your own foes, your own household? You had to cut some of them off? You wouldn't let your children go to their houses? Years ago, I had somebody came, my mother-in-law. When we was young Christians, Lena was small. She wanted to take her to Holly Beach with her. And my wife will tell you that right now. I said, no, she ain't going. Because they were going to drink and carouse. I didn't want my daughter around there. And it offended her. But you know what? So, listen, I didn't want to offend nobody, but I'm, that's my daughter's soul. And it did affect her after she got older. Today she's paying the price for it. But it wasn't me and her mama that did that. Of course, we weren't perfect. I'm not saying we did everything perfect with our children. But we realized their soul was more important than our family's happiness. Or her mama or, my mama, or anybody. It's more important that we, we pay that price, that great price for the pearl of great price. It's going to cost you your family. It's going to cost you your job. Maybe it's going to cost you your people around you that you love, your, your friends you went to school with. You can name a bunch. Are you willing to continue with him this morning? Are you willing to pay that price? Seriously. Thank God that we have the truth. Amen. Oh. Uh, let me turn to Matthew chapter 10 real quick. I'm, I'm almost finished, seriously. Uh, I wish I could come in there and say, oh, God loves you. God's going to bless you. You know, you have them kind of preachers. Everything is good. It, this is good. This is the most important decision you're going to make in your life. Are you going to serve God or not? Jesus is very clear when it comes down to who are you putting in front of me? I hear some sad stories, seriously. I hear some stories, especially when relationships between husbands and wives and families. A lot of people are not serving God because of their family today, right? Because they chose husband and wife or daughters and sons above God. I had one person tell me one thing. He was telling a story about a lady. Her husband got in her face and said, if you go to church, I'm going to kill you. Well, she said, well, you know what? If you kill me, I'll go to heaven. If you don't, I'm going to church. <laughs> what a woman. <laughs> hey, seriously, what a woman of faith. If you kill me, I'm going to heaven. If you don't, I'm going to church. Huh? No. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, verse 37 of chapter 10. <laughs> he that loveth father and mother more than me, not worthy of me. Your Bible says the same thing? He that loved father and mother more than me is not loved. He that loveth daughter. Son or daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. My Lord, I'll preach. Huh? Who are you putting before the Lord? 
You know what? You have to make that decision. I can't go in your heart and, 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 and adjust your heart and make you do everything. That has stuff between you and the Lord. Everybody, most people now think know the Lord. But I don't know. <laughs> see, you get what I'm saying? I can only see the desire for God. And you can only see. That guy told me on the phone, he said, I could sense your urgency. You know what? You're right. I want you saved, man. Sure, I'm urgent. I want you saved. And all I was telling him, do what is right. He said, I'm only the messenger. I'm not the message. I know God has something to tell you, and I'm going to tell you what he tell, wants to tell you. But I'm not the one that's going to save you. Your daughter and son won't save you. Your husband and your wife won't save you. Your mother and father won't save you. When you die, it's going to be, what did you do with my son Jesus? And what I mean is that if anything got in the way of that, then you're going to see it. It's going to cost you something. No, we don't want to read these verses because, you know, it deals with the heart. Right? Are we really honest with God? Do we really love God above anybody, anywhere, anything we have? Is God first in our life? To love him with all our heart, mind, and strength? Have you really paid? Are you willing to pay the price for the great pearl of price? Pearl of great price? Are you willing to, to consider the value of what that pearl means? <laughs> Seriously, I could preach this all day. I'm not. But I know what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell us, okay? I'm going in my own life, and I want to make sure I don't put nothing before him. Seriously, I just. And if God's got to, God's got to first preach it to me, if I can preach it to you. Lenny, you just actually let's just throw everything out and just serve Jesus. You're not listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> If everything, Jesus said, if your hand offend, you cut it off. He says, better you go into heaven with one hand than go to hell with two. If your eye offend, you pluck it out. I'm not encouraging you to go cut your hands off. And Listen, there's a principle in what he's trying to teach us. If it keeps you from serving the Lord, it's not worth having. Amen? If it keeps you from growing in Christ, it's not worth having. Of course, you can't get rid of your husband or your wife. And that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about there are things, other things. You can put God before them, right? You can tell them, I'm going to serve the Lord. I don't, just, you do what you want to do, but I'm going to serve the Lord. That's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to put my life in Jesus. That's what matters. Hallelujah. My Lord, I feel the, <laughs> I feel the preachers together. <laughs> oh, listen, seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love my wife, but she ain't going to stop me. Thank God I, I don't have that problem. No. When I came back here, she didn't want to come. And she said, Lord, I'm going to follow my husband. <laughs> Thank God I, I love this place. Other than my own home, this is the place I love more than anything. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here, Kathy. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so glad I can share the gospel, be part of what God's doing, not what I'm doing. 
But God, I want to serve him the rest of my life here. I'm not lying to you. That's something between me and God. I made that decision up. Unless I die or the rapture happens, right? I remember one day Brother Mike had told, look at Bowen. Bowen, if the rapture happens, you go preach Sunday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I said, yeah, you got to have a full church. <laughs> They'd be breaking the door to come in here, praise God. Uh, but there ain't nobody there to preach. Amen? Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> did I tell you? Did I read verse 37? Yeah, wait. Well, let me finish reading verse 38. He says, He who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. What? What does that mean? It means that there is a cross we have to bear. Jesus was carrying my cross because I should have been the one nailed there. And what I mean by that, he was dying in my place. Those thorns and those, those nails and that whipping and that beating was my beating. He was paying the price for me. Come on, Jesus. He was taking my place. See, we carry the cross. We're carrying somebody else's cross. Not only our own, we're carrying somebody else's cross. We, 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 listen, I, I see that so much, praise God. Christians don't know what faith in Jesus is. Faith in Jesus is a committed life, a surrendered life. Placing others above yourself. Because that's what he's talking about. When we pick up our cross and follow him. If you don't carry that cross, you don't die to this world. You don't die to this, the sins of this world. Come on, somebody. You're not worthy of me. Because the reason why he says that, look at the next verse. He says, no, the next uh, line. He who finds his life will lose it. Oh, man, I found my life. I found my purpose. <laughs> I found who I am. I'm going to live a full, healthy life. I'm going to make money. I'm going to have a career. I'm going to have a job. Nothing wrong with all that stuff. Listen to me, praise God, because people say, well, you don't, you're telling me you ought to just go isolate. That's not what I'm saying. He that finds his life will lose it. He that finds his life in this world thinks he can spend eternity here. Uh, this is all there is. And just assume live it up. You're lost. And he who loses his life for my sake. What life? The life you live in right now. I mean the world. We're living in the world. The life you choose to live in this world. If you lose that life, then you'll have life in Jesus. You can choose life in the world or you can choose life with the Lord. Which one are you carrying? What cross are you carrying? What life are you living? All I'm asking you, go examine your heart. Go and look at your life. Ask yourself a question. And it's going to be, this week you're going to probably see it more than ever because you heard it. The Holy Ghost is trying to deal with us. You're going to go back and say, Lord, is this pleasing to you? Am, I, am, am what I'm doing pleasing to you? Am I watch what I'm watching pleasing to you? Am I what I'm hearing pleasing to you? Is it? I mean, that's, that's something you and God's going to have to decide. That's something you're going to have to examine. I can't examine your life for you. You're going to have to do it on your own. I got no problem straightening my own life. <laughs> if I'm not, I'm not perfect, no. Believe me. <laughs> you'll follow me one day, you'll see I'm not. Amen. 
but I got Jesus. And I'm changing and I'm growing. You're born again this morning, but you're not you 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 you're being born again. In other words, in other words, you started this race, and along the race, there's a devil that's gonna try to dethrone you. But you have to keep the faith. Keep the faith. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to just quote my little passage and I'm going to finish, okay? I don't want to forget too much. That Jesus said about the great commandments, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, all your soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You can read that in, in Matthew chapter uh, 37 and verse 39. In Revelations... Chapter 3, verse 2, Jesus is correcting the church. And this, this church, he's correcting his Ephesians church. He says, be watchful and strengthen those things that remain. Wow. Strengthen what? If you have some faith and you're walking for God and you feel weakened through the trials of life, he says to strengthen that. Strengthen your faith. <clears throat> strengthen your faith. Go to the Lord. Ask the Lord. Seek him. Please, this is the urgent, man. We're coming to the end. The fight is almost over. Heaven's at the door. We can't be gambling with our soul. Sister, seriously, sisters and brothers, listen. We can't be gambling with our soul. We better know what we believe. We better know who we serve and what he wants. And Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus warns these people when he says, and I'm just paraphrasing, return to your first love. Man, you got some good things about you? You're doing things, you're upholding that which is evil, you're rebuking things that are, uh, need to be rebuked, but you've left your first love. These people are apparently good people. They had good things. But they didn't love God no more. Right? They, let, me, let me turn that real quick. And, and I'm gonna, I'll just read it. I want you to see this. Okay, and that's going to be it. I promise. I've been saying that for a long time. I don't know what preachers get off of. But this is serious. This, this is it. I want to read it because of the importance of it. All right? Chapter 2, verse 1. Revelation, yeah. Chapter 2, verse 1. It's called the loveless church. What does that mean? They had religion, but they didn't have the love of God. They had religion. They could quote. They were doing what's right, but they didn't love God no more. And he says here, this Ephesians church, verse 1, through about verse 6. Uh, it says here, To the angel of the church of Ephesians, write these things, said he, who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, or lampstand. Know your, uh, know your works. How I many know God knows your works? Listen, you could tell me something, and I'd believe you. But remember, God knows. Oh, he knows. Listen, you, there's, there's, no, there's nowhere his eyes don't go, right? I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. And yet you have preserved and have Patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Never listen, if I stop there, say, this is a pretty good church, right? 
Oh, man, they were doing good things. Man, they were holding God's word. They were holding faith. They were rebuking false apostles. They were standing up for his right. They, they had patience, something I'm very short of. <laughs> they had everything, man. It just seemed like it was the right church to go to. Right? <laughs> nevertheless. Somebody said, nevertheless. How many know that us is the problem? That's not a word. <laughs> That's a Cajun word. Usis? Usis is the problem? Nevertheless, I have someone against usis. Or you. <laughs> what does it say? But I go to church. I like hard preaching. I sing. I do all of those things. I rebuke the liars and the false prophets. Can we do all that, st- that stuff and still not love God? Yes. Because <laughs> we, we, we trusted in our association. We trusted in our church to be our salvation. We trusted in the, you know, it's, seriously, I'm, y'all don't get me wrong. This church is wonderful. And I believe it's here and you don't come here, you disobey God. <laughs> Those, <laughs> listen to me. But you can't say because you're here. It's salvation. Do you love God? My Lord. Do you love God? Remember from which thou art fallen and repent, or else I'll come and remove your candlestick. You try to preach to somebody. Oh, I, I, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to Cold Home's full gospel. I, I'm, I, I know I'm this and this and that. Listen, that don't mean a heal of beans if you don't love God. Amen. To love God is to obey Him. You don't hear that in a lot of churches. Seriously. To love God is to follow His commandments, to do what He says. Jesus said, this is how I know you love me, if you keep my commandments, right? So, so, what price am I going to have to pay to serve the Lord? Your life. He's either Lord of all, or He's not Lord at all. Right? My Lord, I'll preach. Let's stand up, praise God. I think I'm meddling with this one. <laughs> it's the truth. There is a price for that pearl. Right? And the price is going to cost you your life. Not necessarily your physical life. It might happen one day, but for right now. How many of you, when you got born again, the first people that said, I can't believe you, betrayed our religion? I can't believe you were betrayed. I can't believe you. I was born a Catholic, I'm going to die a Catholic. Everybody heard that. I was born a Catholic and I died a Catholic. You're right. And you know, it's anything else. I mean, you not to pick on the Catholic church a lot, but a lot of other churches, you'd think they say the same message. I had an old boy that, you know, was a young preacher from St. Martinville, apostolic. He said, I don't think the cross is enough. You've got to be water baptized. I said, man. I said, what a. And I almost got him the other day. And I, I, I just didn't have time. I said, you know what? Without the death and burial and resurrection, there would be no Acts 3, uh, 2.38 water baptism. You're placing your faith in water. And not on the one that, that, that gives life. As important as baptism is, to, you know, it's not, just, it's not going to save you. 
You go in the water, not repent of you, just coming up a wet sinner. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart that God will raise him from the dead, you shall be saved. Listen, as a lot of people today starting, well, I don't think that, that the sinner's prayer is scriptural. I believe it is. I just quoted to you. You got to confess. You got to repent. That comes. You got to make a confession with your mouth. I believe it's very scriptural. Some people don't know how to pray, y'all. They just come into the Lord. How do I, how do I, let's just pray with me. You're not telling your people the words. You're just telling them how to come to God. That's all you're doing. That's where I started. <laughs> exactly. That's where, I, that's where I begin. I, I begin with a, a, pray, a prayer of repentance. Call it the sinner's prayer. Call it the Lord. Whatever you want to call it. It was, it was a, I started my life with the Lord. It changed me. Amen. That's where I started. Uh, but you, you can't get out there and say, well, uh, such in words, words, words. Listen, it's not about what words you're using. It's about whether their heart is right with God. They want to get right with God. You're just helping people. If you can pray with somebody, please do, man. Grab them. That's the beginning of the eternal life, man. It's the beginning whether they're going to go to heaven or not. Yes, the sinner's prayer is scriptural. That's where I started, but I wasn't perfect that day. I know I was different. I knew something. I was, I was changed. Now I had to come to church, listen to the preachers, listen to the men of God, grow. That's where it starts. And that's where I'm at today. Praise God. You know, like I said, sometimes I didn't want to come to church. But we came. Right? Because there's something about paying that price that brings peace. Listen, I'm almost finished. But if you ever you, you take a job, right? You got a, a five-day job. Me, me too. Listen, you think about, man, I got to start this all again. Ten-hour days for five days. Oh, man, the same old routine over and over and over. But when you get that paycheck, you forget about the pain. <laughs> Seriously. Huh? When you get the paycheck, you say, man, I'm so glad I went. <laughs> Thank God, man. For the, you're going to be some, this area is a price to pay. For that great pearl of price. If you're not going to pay the price, you're not going to continue, praise God. And it's about you and God. It's about your life with the Lord. You received something for that this morning? Amen. Amen. Thank God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we realize the value of our Lord and what he did at Calvary. There's nothing else more important on this planet in history. From the time you said in the beginning... To you say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, at the end of the book of Revelations. There's never, ever, nothing more important. There's no value we can put upon the grace of God. But you ask that we give our hearts to, to you, Lord God, to serve you with all of our hearts.